literally get in there, get into Harrods. They, they, like the the other day, I was I was working on an egg for a customer as well, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, Harrods are missing out. That's why I I, I caught myself saying that. I would never say that, but I'm like, oh my god, Harrods are missing out. I need to I need to I need to uh, yeah do this, push this. Harrods are missing out. Today we're talking to Sheba from Hatchfully Yours and if you don't know who she is right now, go down below, look at the description and check out her incredible egg artistry. She is very exquisite in what she does and very specific. In today's episode, she discusses the fact that she went through many, many, many years and thousands of pounds worth of studying to become an animator with a view to work for Pixar and all the big organisations like that. And actually, due to a personal tragedy, she changed her, her complete career path forever in a split second. Absolutely fascinating conversation. Before we get into our episode... If you're watching today, thank you so much for watching. If you would like to give our channel a subscribe, we would love you forever. And in the comments below, I would love to know if you've ever gone through something similar to Sheba in terms of studying for something or working towards something and actually at last minute changing your mind. I would love to know in the comments. Let's get to it. Sheba, my love, thank you so very much for being with us today. Are you okay? I'm excited to be here. We're very excited to have you. We're very excited to have you. Now, every single episode, we start with the same question because it's quite exciting to see everyone's faces go, how do I answer that? How do I answer that? So the question, Sheba, is what is it that you're trying to achieve right now? Smiles on people's faces when they get one of my pieces, my eggs. That's a really lovely answer. I wasn't expecting that one. Well, I don't know. I, I wasn't. Ex- I was expecting something about business growth and life and this and everything else. But actually, when you when you when you what you're trying to achieve is smiles on people's faces when they when they unwrap your egg or open it, then yeah. we probably need to explain the egg part in a moment. By the way, because <laughs> you're clearly not a chicken if anyone is watching. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I I think that's grassroots, simple. I just want to make people happy. Isn't that nice? That's it. So Sheba, would you call, you're you're a creative, right? Yes. Would you call yourself a creative or a business person or both? A creative business person. I love that as well. I love that. So can we just cover off the egg thing? Because if there are people listening (laughs) or watching who don't know Sheba, Sheba does do something very, very cool. And as much as this is about your life and what got you to this point, I think this is absolutely worth a couple of seconds explaining what you do, uh, which obviously you're going to explain because it's just so amazing. So can you just explain what you do, please? So I am a luxury wedding gift designer and an egg artist who hand carves real eggshells into very beautiful and intricate sculptures that make for uh, unusual gifts for special occasions, for weddings, for um, for occasions all year round, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Emily, grab ours quickly because we do have one. And I, we can... I don't know if I could trust myself to move it. Hang well, fire, Well, it's worth everybody. getting. Hang fire. So um, I, what the bit I want to explore today, Sheba, as Emily's getting our egg to show anyone who's watching this, is is where, what got you here? Because we actually know some of your past. We know, um, there we go. It's a circus designed. And we know kind of some of what you've done in your life. But I don't know why you now carve eggs and, and why you run your own business. Um so that's the bit I'm super, super keen to explore. There we go. It is gorgeous. We genuinely love it. Okay. It sits behind us. So can we go back to the very beginning? Did you always want to run your own business? 
Um, I hadn't thought of it as a as a child, um, and I it came it came to me quite late in life. But um, I was born to uh, parents who had their own business, so we come from a family business. Um, and watching them uh, growing up, um, and the you know the freedom that comes with it has always been a part of me and been with me, even if I wanted, if even if I um, worked and did jobs and stuff. So yeah, that that was somewhere in my subconscious, even if I didn't think that that's what I wanted to do straight away. See, the more I have these conversations, the more I keep thinking about like what when we're growing up, what is normal in our world you know Emily grew up and her parents were running their own business you know you've grown up and your parents were running your own business so therefore it just becomes a normal thing for you to explore and to do I know we're not many use the word normal but you know what I mean it becomes it's just something you, that you you can do familiar familiar yeah, yeah. so I, I find that fascinating and then to the you know it's like it's not a big move for you to suddenly run your own business um yeah it's coming to the point that you just said that normal that you grow up with and you're familiar with um it is familiar but then because it's familiar you don't you take it for granted and that's Mm. where and that's where um like my father was running his own business and mum as well but uh dad always wanted me to uh follow in his footsteps and at the time I was more passionate about um you know going my own way learning animation wanting to work for Pixar DreamWorks really wanting to learn the art form and I I studied, uh, did double masters in animation, went for postgraduate diploma in animation uh, from a school in California, did all of that. Um, and it was not until quite later when um, a tragedy hit when my father passed away that it hit me oh, suddenly sorry. that, um, yeah, thanks. Um, but it's not until that time um, in life when it hit me that it, it's, it's a switch that flicked that I didn't want to animate suddenly, but I was so passionate about it. And I did get an opportunity working for games. Um, but as soon as that happened, there was a switch in me that flicked that I don't want to animate anymore. And it just went 360 degrees the opposite. Uh, and that's where I wanted, I was like, yeah, I want my own business because that's what he wanted for me always. And that's, that's somewhere that came in the forefront from my subconscious. But at that time, I didn't know what it would be. But yeah, I, I, I'd seen both sides of the table, basically, working for someone and... Um, working on your own business so um yeah. I I'd, by then I'd done it both so I I did want to go back to what he had and what my parents had something you just touched on there Sheba and I, I don't think you always give yourself credit for because you've you've learned your craft and you've gone two feet into learning your craft but you're very two feet into to, into your studies whatever you're doing as well so you've just kind of just casually dropped into conversation i, I did think my it was double very, masters blah, I did, and, and, I did a all, masters all in animation but, uh, that, that that's incredible i mean if you're gonna go and learn something go and learn to the top of your craft right true absolutely i, I believe in do whatever i do i do it wholeheartedly 100 percent. yeah even if it's a job you don't want to do but you're doing it just do it give it your 100 percent no, we know this. So we know one of your jobs, right? So which I'll let you say in a minute, but arguably the 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 retailer you worked for is top of the tree, right? Now I get they're local to you and things like this, but fundamentally, once again, you went, well, if I'm going to be a, in retail, I may as well go. Who, who did you work for? So I worked for Harrods. Uh, yeah, in the past, I worked for Harrods when I started off in retail. Um, and that, that, was another um, opportunity I had that paved the way to where I am today. 
How so? So uh, when I was animating uh, and for games, I was working on uh, with a company um, in Luton. Um, when I was out of um, projects, uh, contracts, I fell into uh, retail because I thought I'd give it a chance and uh, got into Harrods for the Christmas stamp job. Um, and I worked behind chocolates, fresh chocolates in the chocolate room. Yes, best job in the world, working <laughs> for Harrods with chocolates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that and I absolutely loved it. And I want to cut to that before that, a few years ago, like a couple of years before that, uh, when we were getting married, me and my husband, uh, we were looking for, I was looking for very unique gifts for special, for my, for not special gifts, for, for the wedding, for my parents, for my parents, his siblings and his parents, just us. And I was looking for something very unique, um, wanted to move away from hand-carved uh, jewelry or handbags, just literally wanted to move away. I didn't know what it would be, but it couldn't be wood, it couldn't be metal. It had to be something different. And I didn't know what it was. I was ready to sit with a with a craftsperson to get that made and kept looking, couldn't find anything. You know, uh, internet had the same things, Etsy and all had the same things. Um, and finally we had time came and we had to settle on hand engraved bracelets for everyone. That sat in my subconscious since then, and life moved on. Got in, got a job with animation in animation, um, and then went into Harrods. Now, when I came into Harrods, uh, working uh, with fresh chocolates behind counters, we used to make big, huge hampers with beautiful ribbons and packaging. And that that was where I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to do something pretty with my own hands, but it has to be for the wedding industry because of the experience I had. But it has to be different, where I couldn't find anything different. Um, but it was not so that I was in the search of what it would be. It, it didn't happen like that. I just left it at that. I knew I wanted to do this and then continued with what I was doing as my day job. Um, things just just came my way. Well, yeah. uh, things just came my way. I don't think that I think you you paved this route. You, mm. you know, you you were leading this adventure. You were making it happen. You know, that's a, it's a great that's a great conversation about what what you believe will happen because the world puts it out in front of you and you take those or actually making those opportunities. And it's, just, I think it was, yeah, it was manifestation as well. Like you wanted something and the path was laid. I didn't know it was eggs. I didn't even know at that time what it would be, but I knew, I knew all along it had to be a business and I had, then I knew it just opened up. Uh, things opened up slowly. Like I knew it had to be for the wedding industry or some occasions and I had to make something with my hands, um, you know, and, uh, and then, Cut to a few years after, one Easter I had families, neighbors, friends come over and we were just, um, you know, uh, working on eggs, painting hard boiled eggs. Uh, and uh, when one of us were like just talking, I had a band and like, okay, let's try and empty an egg, a fresh eggshell without even a hairline crack. And this was a time the internet didn't have how to do it. Um, we tried everything from pins, needles, you know, drill bits as well. Um, really yeah really tried it had a huge mess in the back garden i still remember in a bucket full of mess stinky mess at, at that um but we couldn't do it and we just you know carried on with the day whatever and but i couldn't stop if i if i can't crack something crack something uh. <laughs> i can't i can't uh rest in peace i really need to find a way um and when i was looking and searching i didn't find how to do it but i found uh, a lot of uh, egg art different types of egg art around the world, in Europe, China, from all the way from Paisanki, which is a, a Baltic style beeswax painting on eggs, to carvings, to uh, Fabergé, um, 
inspired eggs as well. Um, but it, it was a delicate carvings that caught my attention. And I was like, whoa, I, I wanted to challenge myself to do it. And at that time, it was not like I'm going to do something with it. It was just me challenging myself to do it because I, I like challenging myself to do hard things. Um, and yeah, that, and there was no looking back since. I, I look. I'm. I. The thing is, I think you're being pretty dismissive about the route you've just been on, right? I'm not, not dismissive. Is the right blase, blase, right? What I'm getting is you're unbelievably tenacious. You're striving for the best. You want to give the best. And as a sub note, I've just googled Eggart to the right here, and my mind's been blown, and I've entered a new world that I never <laughs> knew existed before. I mean, I've, I painted eggs. We got kids, right? We we have Easter yeah. every year. We've painted. Today. that's it yeah but Edgar is a whole different ball game isn't it but um, there you go I, yeah it's and so the, the thing I think you're blasé about is how these things have linked up you know you've 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 done the animation you've not got rid of the animation because that's absolutely 100% there in the carvings and the creations you're creating yeah. um you know and then you've got this time in Harrods that's set you up in this kind of luxury world that you go actually I want to be a part of the luxury world yeah and and then um you know and then all of a sudden it's like um tragedy in the family hi hi in the background hi in the background <laughs> tragedy <laughs> tragedy in the background and and it's like actually no I do want to run my own business and these these stepping stones are there to take take you into this unbelievable journey sure what well, we, we need to kind of unpick a little bit more as well in terms of you going two feet in because not only have you created something very unique and uh, th there are obviously other people who do similar, not the same as what you do, but you've taken your, your craft to another level and you've managed to get on some quite exciting um, opportunity in terms of PR and, and television as well. That surely, again, just demonstrates your tenacity and the fact that you are so willing to 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 grow yourself and put yourself out there because yeah, as a creative i imagine i'm not one so i would no well we're all creative we've had this conversation you before everyone um, is but creative. in terms of it you, you put yourself out for quite a lot of scrutiny don't you because ultimately art is subjective people may or may not like what you yeah. do and you've got to be able to have that kind of tough outer skin to say well you, you like it you don't like it it's up to you but you put yourself on television yeah, I was I was on Kirsty's Handmade Christmas Channel Four, so uh, that was a great opportunity to be on that show. Um, and don't get me yeah. don't get you know let me it just happened or did you make it happen, Sheba? No, I, that I made happen. I applied to it. I applied for it, and then uh, luckily I was I was selected. So that was amazing. How, yeah, how did how was how, that? How did actually, it make how how did it work? How how do you find that experience helped your business? It's given more eyes on my business for sure. It helps me with, um, it just helps me wherever I go, like um, getting, obviously getting more business, but also um, just getting eyes on my work, whether it's exhibitions I've done after that, or um, I'm approaching shops and stuff to, I'm liaising with shops to have these eggshells uh, in, in small independent stores and stuff. So that, that these are opportunities that do help. Can we just cover off what actually happened? Because we know what happened, and because we've watched it. But actually, because oh. you, you, you were in the, you were in the height of a timed competition, weren't you? At the end of the yeah, episode, it, it was, yeah, it was a four-hour competition, and I uh, I chose to uh, work on a an ostrich egg, um, 
and I, I took two ostrich eggs with me just in case. Uh, but, but just even before I started the competition, um, while we were placing all the eggs, um, the eggs and everything, setting up our workstations, um, one of the eggs rolled and smashed, and that caused a bit of a drama, which is, which is nice. <laughs> I say nice because I had another one, uh, but that was the only uh, jeopardy. One I had it's all about yeah, exactly that. But um, <laughs> great TV. And I had one of the, I had one of the crew member uh, say to me, um, oh, don't worry, if that breaks as well, I might have some random eggshell, uh, ostrich egg lying somewhere in the house. As, like, as, you as, do. One does. as you do. As one does. Oh, we've got 20 <laughs> ostrich eggs in the cupboard. Well, we can, you can have one of ours. <laughs> Which is funny, yeah. So... I, I I can't really articulate enough how how amazing you are and how these opportunities have not fallen. You have made this work for you, but you have put yourself out there when you are still, as you said just before we hit record on this, you're still learning your craft, aren't you? You're changing yeah. and evolving. And yeah. how how do you get yourself to that next level? So from the from starting with your with your your business and starting with that initial set of carvings to where you are now, how do you get your inspiration? What what learning do you undertake to get the better with your job so my inspiration comes from my work um and I, I i don't say it lightly but every eggshell i carve i fall in love with it every time i lay eyes on it and i fall head, head over heels in love with it um and every time i look at that look at these i it's, it's a burning desire in me to bring it out to the world on a bigger scale so people need to see this uh People need to see this because um, they just this is gorgeous. They are, and I absolutely love them. So uh, that's the, that's the driving force. Where I see them now, like I need to get them out. People need to see them, and that really drives me to um, push forward um, with that. You know what? Your face changed as you were saying that. You could see the the passion and the emotion in your face as you were talking about. I, I think that's and what's something we see a lot, isn't it, in our small businesses? We actually truly I'm not saying people don't love what they do, but a lot of times it is that kind of actually I love what I do and I want people to know about it and uh, yeah. which is fine. And and the legacy and impact. I've been talking about this quite a lot with a couple of other people this week, is um this week, the recently is like actually do, do, what do you want? And a few episodes of this, and these are coming out in different orders, but a few episodes have talked about global domination. And I was unpicking global domination with someone. And we we actually felt legacy and impact was probably a better kind of definition. Because global, you know, global domination is fine as a headline, but when you get down to the nitty gritty, it, you know, it's perhaps not the right thing. Whereas legacy and impact, you want to share, you want to make a difference and everything else is probably probably more and you literally want the legacy and impact for, for can come from your creations absolutely absolutely and talking of legacy and impact i would um, the dream is to one of the dreams in the part of my journey with the business is to get these two um, hotels like claridge's ritz um and you know the savoy literally get it there get it to harrods like the, the other day i was i was working on an egg for a customer as well and i was looking at it and i'm like harrods are missing out that's why i i, I caught myself saying that i would never say that but i'm like oh my god harrods Time, are missing that's the out. headline I need, to, I need to i need to uh yeah do this push this harrods are missing out i'm just writing that down as the table shakes as you're writing oh. that darling but <laughs> i, I it's an interesting thing, and this is something we've explored a little bit as well, as 
these big organizations, they are missing out. And, you know, we, we, we fly the flag for small businesses and the, the, the ability to make those quick decisions, isn't it? And I think in terms of being able to, to change the direction of where you're going, yeah. to, to think about new lines, to think about what you want to do next. And actually the challenge is not necessarily your work being good enough for the likes of Harrods and Claridge's and insert all the big names of shops. It's just getting in front of the right people and speaking to the right That's people and having it. those those conversations in the right at the right time with the right people, exactly, isn't it? Exactly that. Exactly that. You hit the knee, uh, head on the knee along with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing I want to explore with you is that if you weren't doing eggshells, and actually another little one, do you even like eating eggs? Do you eat eggs at home? I do. I love them. Oh, good. Okay. It's not a busman's holiday for you. <laughs> you know, it's like if you have omelette for dinner, you're like, I do not want to see another egg today. Yeah, no, I don't do that. I, I, that's not happened. You know why? Because now I've, I've, I'm acting, I'm working smart with uh, most of my eggshells that I, and I get it from breeders, independent breeders. Um, I request them to empty the egg out for me because otherwise I'd have a huge mess again and I, I don't have time to cook or bake or I'm not a good baker uh so they they very kindly empty the eggshells out for me and i just work on the eggs and they they can work with the uh, the yolk and the inside i, so I was that. just imagining that sheba might have omelets every single day three times a day for, for breakfast lunch I and know, dinner it's like the, the, imagine yeah, the protein all, can you imagine <laughs> so go, going back to what i was trying to uh get out then so if you weren't doing eggshells would you st- do you still think you'd be working in that kind of luxe industry to help make people smile? I would. It would be something. Um, I don't know what it would be, but definitely yes. Because working in Harris has changed the whole perspective with, um, with you know, learning about luxury customer service, working in the luxury market. Um, yeah. Did you, did you, I think you said you, you got a temp job at Harrods. Is that what you said? And then it's, you stayed Christmas, there? A Christmas, a Christmas job. No, it Christmas. was a Christmas temp. And then I, um, yeah, I, I started with a Christmas temp job in the, in the pantry for uh, a few weeks. And I was headhunted to the chocolate room then. And then I worked on chocolate room. Then I decided I liked working with people. I enjoy working with people than uh, sitting behind a desk, animating in a corner in an office. Uh, so I decided to give Harrods a bit more sort of time, uh, work a bit more with Harrods. So that a week or a few weeks went over to a few years. Can I just like, I, once again, I think you're being blasé about some key parts here, Sheba. You just said, I was headhunted for the Harrods chocolate department, <laughs> right? I Now we, we have a friend, I won't mention his name because he's quite private and his CV has three companies on it, okay? And the, the companies he has on his CV are McLaren, followed by Ferrari, followed by Apple. Yeah. That's it. That's his entire working career. Really? He's who we talk about, right? When we talk about people having cool jobs and everything else, he's who we talk about. Until you just said, I got headhunted by the Harrods chocolate department. That's now my headline story whenever I'm sharing what, this. What do you think it is about you so that got you into that next role within Harrods, you know, to be to be, to be be headhunted to get into that next team? What What is in your personality or in your, your makeup for how you work? What is it that people see in you? I think I'm very um, tenacious, like you said. I give I give a hundred percent to everything I do, um, regardless of what it is and whether it is something I want to do or like to do. But if I'm doing it, I'll give it a hundred percent. 
Um, yeah, I think I think that would be is, it. Is there a reason you give a hundred percent? You know, is it just kind of one of those things, or does that hark back to something beforehand? I think it's it's the way you've been brought up as well. Like I've seen mom and dad and the way they work, uh, and I think that's that's what subconsciously consciously has been instilled in me. Um, I just uh, yeah, it is. I, when I'm working on something or doing something, I'd be like, okay, whether you like it or not, you're here now. Just give it your 100%. If you're doing it, do it properly. Do it uh, give, do it in the best way possible. And then, you know, because if there's no point of doing something how far they've been and then not doing it properly. And then, you know, what's the point? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was, um, I was running this morning and I, I find myself, I used to work for Best Buy. When Best Buy from the States came over to the UK, I was, I was part of the team working for them and they had some really cool values the only value i can remember is have fun whilst being the best right and and that and that really sits with me like almost every day to the extent that i want to use that as my values but it's kind of best buys of course i can use it but you know what i mean i'm not going to put it out there and and i think that's what i get from you you know you're talking about i'm gonna have a lot of fun i'm absolutely you know i'm in chocolate i'm making eggs and you know they are there is fun but actually not not at the compromise of uh, being the best at when i do it that's also a very brave move because like you you were you know you you went two feet into your education with the um um, with the animation there and then to then be brave enough to say nope not for me that's that, I know, that, was... that hard right sorry go on I was like, or, or was it hard or was it an easy decision it was very hard um it took me it took me quite a few years to uh, admit to after fa- my father passed away to admit to myself that I really didn't want to do animation because I know there was a lot of money gone into it and a lot mm-hmm. of hard work gone into it, years gone into it. And he was my biggest, mom and dad were my biggest supporters and he wanted me to really achieve my dreams. And it took me quite a few years after he passed away to admit to myself that I don't want to do it because I was ashamed. I was like, you know, all that hard work and money down the drain. That's what I was thinking at that time. And I was dragging on along with, to do like with the job animation job did it still get my best but it was still my heart was not in there and it was a point where I was like yeah no I'm not I'm not feeling this and uh, I just I just like okay I'm not gonna drag it any further hold on let's just cover this off so there's a break in the podcast we are going to carry this on okay because it's fascinating listening to Sheba um and she you know so yeah let's let's carry it on I'm curious to know what was your family business so uh, my father was a mechanical engineer. He, uh, this was back in India. And he um, made uh, railway parts for the uh, Indian railways. Wow. So it was big um, end walls and bogey bolsters and a lot of, yeah, a lot of parts for the Indian railways and tractors. And tractors, and I, I just think it's the again. I come from a family business background as well, and those things that you do get instilled in you, and also you you see the highs and the lows of it. Do you see as a business owner yourself now, because you are a business owner, as we said, a creative business owner? There, what do you recognise from your childhood and watching your parents that you kind of see happening in real time now that you can kind of almost empathise with with the thing, the challenges that they might have had. It's hard work. 
uh i've i've worked in harris and um i do i'll just say i do have a part-time job with dyson at the minute as well while i'm doing my business so i work on weekends with them i've seen both sides of both, both sides of the table and the challenges that come with working uh for yourself is it's non-stop it's 24 7 whereas you switch off after a a, a good shift like eight hour shift when you're working with dyson or harrods or wherever but when you're working for yourself, I'm never switched off. I'm like, whether I'm on the train, I'm editing um, captions for reels and blogging, I'm writing. I'm always, it's, it, my, my brain is always on. Even the only time it sleeps is when probably when I'm sleeping. And then even then I'm dreaming about what I want to <laughs> achieve and stuff. So it's never, ever stopping. And that right there is is a prime example of someone who's got a vocation. Yeah, it's yeah. A, that's a full-on vocation. That's not just a job you have. That's that's your god-given talent and your what you should be doing in the world and that's kind of exciting right it is it's very exciting oh i love it i love it so she I love when, sorry, no, no please carry on i love it when people uh see my work for the first time um just total strangers yeah uh, see my work for the first time and they go like wait what what is this and they're like so it's so surprised that it's an eggshell and they can't believe themselves the look on their faces is just just makes it so much more better for me but well, that takes us back to the absolute beginning when, when we asked what you were trying to achieve, you said you wanted to make people smile. So, exactly you, you know, it absolutely bookends the chat. And, and on that bad boy. And as we bookend it, we're going to start, yeah. finish with our final question. Again, the same question that we ask all of our guests here. So, Sheba, I mean, you're quite a young spring chicken as it is anyway. But if you could go back to your younger self at any point in time and put an arm around yourself and give yourself one bit of advice about the future, what would that be? No matter what happens, you're going to be all right. Oh. That's a common thread. That's a common thread with a lot it of people. Trust, so trust, true, trusting in the process. Trust in the yeah. process and know that you're going to be okay the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for joining us. Sheba, I know I know you were quite nervous about coming on this recording today. You had no reason to be. You are absolutely fascinating. We've absolutely loved hearing your story. So thank you very it much. Is, well, it is a fascinating story, isn't it? It's like going all in, tenacity. Um, it, there's so many elements to kind of take away from it. Yeah. And then the creative and, side as and well. And FYI, Claridge's, Harrods, if you're listening, uh, you know what to do. You missed out. You are. They're going to be sliding into your DMs soon, Sheba, no doubt. And with that, we're going to slide into our exit. We're Thank slide, you, everyone. Oh, for slide into our exit. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you again next time on the Digital Circus Thank Live. Thank you. Bye, Bye Sheba. Bye.